0: In the name of Allah, Most Gracious, Most Merciful, the Provision of the Caller to Allah Zadu al-Da'iyah ilallah by the Noble Scholar Muhammad ibn Saleh ibn Uthaymin Rahimahullah Preface all praise is to Allah and may his Salat and salam be upon Muhammad and his family and uh, followers and all those who follow their way until the day of Resurrection. Ameen. It is my pleasure to have completed the translation of the booklet Zad al-Da'iyah ilallah compiled by Fahd ibn Nasr ibn Ibrahim al-Sulayman. Uh, Dar al Publishers 1423 or the provision of the caller to Allah. It is a small work based on a speech given by the great late scholar Muhammad ibn Salih al-Uthaymin rahimahullah that is full of great uh, wisdom and sound advice as we have come to expect from one of the premier scholars of Ahl-Sunnah in this contemporary age. As is often the case, my introduction to the book came about as a result of a gift from a dear brother, and then finding the booklet so useful and enlightening, while at the same time being so short and sweet, that I could not stop from attempting to share it with my brothers and sisters in Islam the information in this booklet indeed applies to giving da'wah to both non-muslims and muslims with some points being more pertinent to the different groups in any case it contains an invaluable set of guidelines for anyone who considers himself a da'i or caller to islam or whoever aspires to take on this great and noble challenge in this day and age of trials. Ask the people of knowledge. If you do not know. Chapter Nahal verse 43. I must confess. Finding so much of what the sheikh has mentioned to be even more pertinent than ever in light of the fierce opposition that Islamic Dawa is facing in some places in the world today. So much is being said about Islam that is negative and the cause of confusion and misdirection. On top of it, all are the very real issues of difference among Muslims themselves that so many seem to be embroiled in regarding methodology or uh, manhaj of da'wah. I thus found it best to do exactly as the scholars of the Sunnah have instructed us to take issues of difference to the major scholars and hold a tie to their way as opposed to merely espousing on any issue based on one's own limited knowledge. This is always to be applied actually, but is especially demanded in times of fitan or trials that are indeed surrounding us, and we seek Allah for protection and guidance. Ameen You will find that my own comments you will find that my own comments are few and clearly sectioned off in footnotes, as the great scholar is not in need of my interpretations or clarifications since his style is very easy to understand and straightforward i of course will not claim it to, uh, i of course will not claim it to be a word for word translation in the sense that i have altered certain manners of style found in the original but i have stuck very close to the topics and meaning of the booklet this project began as mere personal notes and thus the minor alterations in the arrangement and text. However, I did not, however, want to call it an abridgment since the vast bulk of the book is indeed contained herein. I pray that this uh, small effort will be uh, counted on the scale of the Sheikh on the day of resurrection, firstly, and through his grace and mercy, if any part of that favor be granted to this translator as well, if any benefit be to the English reading Muslim Ummah Amin. Translator and editor Abdul Qadir Abdul Khalik, Riyadh 1424. Introduction. <coughs> Introduction. Verily the praise is due to Allah. We praise him, we ask his assistance, and we beg his forgiveness, and we turn to him in repentance. We seek refuge in Allah from the evils within ourselves and the sinfulness of our deeds. Whoever Allah guides, there can be none to lead him astray, and whosoever Allah leads, misguides, uh, there can be none who guide him and whosoever allah leads or misguides and whosoever allah misguides sorry there can be none who guide him i bear witness that there is no god worthy of worship and truth besides allah and i bear witness that muhammad is his slave and messenger allah most high sent him with the guidance and the true religion so that it may have precedence over all other religions. He delivered the message and fulfilled the trust and advised his nation and struggled in jihad in the truest and fullest sense thus leaving his nation upon a clear white path whose night is like its day and which if anyone strays from they are destroyed. The blessings of Allah and his protection from any evil or blame be upon him and upon his followers and companions and whosoever follows them in goodness until the last day. I ask Allah the Almighty and Majestic to make me and you of those who follow him inwardly and outwardly and to make us die upon his religion and to gather us together in his group and to enter us into his intercession and to bring us together with him in the gardens of delight along with those whom Allah has favored of the prophets, the truthful, the martyrs and the righteous. Amin. The aim of da'wah is to spread knowledge of the truth, which is a general obligation and fulfillment of a trust and covenant with Allah. And remember when Allah took a covenant from those who were given the scripture, Jews and Christians, to make it the news of the coming of Prophet Muhammad and the religious knowledge known and clear to mankind, and not to hide it but they threw it away behind their backs and purchased with it some miserable gain, and indeed worse is that which they bought. Chapter Ali Imran, verse 187. The provision of every Muslim is as Allah has made it clear, and take a provision for the journey, but the best provision is At-Taqwa. So fear me O men of understanding. Al-Baqarah chapter 2 verse 197 The first and foremost provision required in conveying the word of Allah requires that the caller be mindful of his duty and nurture Taqwa in himself. And March 4th in the way to forgiveness from your lord and for a garden as wide as the heavens and the earth prepared for the pious those who spend in prosperity and in adversity who repress anger and who pardon men verily Allah loves the good doers and those who when they have committed Fahisha or wronged themselves with evil, remember Allah and ask forgiveness for their sins. And none can forgive sins but Allah and do not persist in what wrong they have done while they know. Chapter Ali Imran verses 133 to 136 the meaning of Taqwa is as was stated by one of the Salaf to act in obedience to Allah with the light or guidance from Allah hoping for the reward from Allah thus incorporating knowledge hope of reward from Allah not people with fear of punishment for wrongdoing the callers to Allah the da'iyah or the Duat must strive to have taqwa as a part of their character the provisions (coughs) what are the provisions one da'wah must be based on firm authentic knowledge The caller's message should be based on firm knowledge with foundations in the book of Allah and the authentic sunnah before that of the words or opinions of people. Any type of knowledge should be viewed in light of the Quran and the sunnah and determined if in accordance with them or contradictory. If in accordance it is accepted and if It contradicts, it contradicts, it is obligatory to reject no matter who says it. Ibn Abbas, radiallahu anhu, may Allah be pleased with him, stated, Soon stones from the sky may descend upon you. I say the Messenger of Allah said, and you say Abu Bakr and Umar said this is in the case of the statements of abu bakr and umar that contradict those of the prophet so what about those lesser than them in knowledge piety companionship and rule also in chapter nur verse 63 the quran states in the meaning of which "And let those who oppose the messenger's commandment beware list some fitna, trial, should befall them, or a painful torment be inflicted on them. Imam Ahmed, may Allah be pleased with him, anh, sorry, Imam Ahmed, rahimahullah, may Allah have mercy on his soul, stated, do you know what the fitna is? Do you know what the fitna is? The fitna is shirk, which may occur if one rejects his words and some deviance settles in the heart, thus he would be destroyed. So the first provision of the caller to Islam is that his knowledge extends from the book of Allah and and the authentic Sunnah. If not based on knowledge, then it is a form of ignorance and if one's call is based on ignorance, they will, misguide, they will misguide and cause more harm than good. The caller who considers himself guiding and directing, if he is ignorant, will merely be astray and leading others astray likewise, and we seek refuge from that. This type of ignorance may be compounded, and this is a more dangerous type of ignorance than mere simple ignorance. The one who is simply ignorant will keep it to himself and not speak and can be guided through learning. But the biggest of problems is the case of one who is set upon ignorance, who thinks they are correct and they will not remain silent and will speak even about Allah Azza wa and as such will be a cause of destruction more than a cause of Light Calling upon Basira Clear knowledge Da'wah Not based upon Knowledge Da'wah Not based upon Knowledge Is opposed to that Is opposed to that The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Or those who followed him Were upon Da'wah Not based on knowledge Is opposed to that What the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Or those who followed him Were upon listen to the order of allah to his uh, prophet say this is my way i invite upon allah with sure knowledge basira i and whosoever follows me subhanallah and i'm not of the mushriks uh, chapter yusuf verse 108 one must therefore call to allah upon sure knowledge basira and that is comprised of three matters what are they one in what they are inviting to the da'i should know islamic ruling so as not to make obligatory upon the people what is not uh, or forbidden to them what is permitted he may invite people to do something he thinks is a duty while Allah has not made it an obligation upon the people. He may call the people to leave something thinking it to be haram when it is not haram in Allah's deen what he has made halal. Two, knowing the conditions or circumstances of the people being invited. The Prophet ﷺ sent Mu'adh to Yemen and said to him, you will come upon a people from Ahl al-Kitab, the people of the book, Al-Bukhari. So he would know the condition of the people who he was going to be giving da'wah to and thus be properly prepared for them. What is the level of knowledge and even the background of the cold as well as his or her strength of argumentation or debate? Weakness in argument on your part as a die can be a big disaster for the truth if you get into a debate or dispute with someone who is stronger than you in argumentation and it will be your fault don't think that a person's being wrong will mean his automatic failure the prophet ﷺ said you complain before me And it could be that some of you are more eloquent and persuasive in argumentation than the other. So I would judge based on what I hear, Al-Bukhari. This, i.e., the aforementioned points to the fact that one's antagonist or opponent, even if he is wrong, may be more eloquent in argumentation than his opponent, And thus a judgment made based on his speech. So you must be aware of the condition of the one being called. Three, the manner of invitation. Invite to the people, sorry, invite to the way of your Lord with wisdom and fair preaching and argue with them in a way that is better. Chapter An-Nahl, the bees, verse 125. Wisdom, thoughtfulness, gentleness, and consideration must be employed. Some people may see an evil and immediately attack it without thinking what the end result of that may be not regards to himself alone, but in relation to himself, to others like him who are making da'wah to the truth. Again, some people may see an evil and immediately attack it without thinking what the end result of that may be not uh, regards to, not in regards to himself alone but in relation to himself to others like him when, who are making da'wah to the truth. For this reason it is incumbent upon the caller before he acts to look and consider the results and weigh them. It may be that at that hour in which he quenches the thirst of his zeal or even honor by his action, by this action he may, it, he may extinguish by that action, the fire of his honor and that of others in the future. And indeed the future may be sooner than later. Our brother callers are uh, urged to apply wisdom and deliber- deliberation. The matter may be delayed a bit but the end will be a praised one if Allah wills. So these matters are what da'wah is built upon as indicated in the Kitab and Sunnah, and good sense in which there is not doubt or confusion or mere following of desires. How can one be a proper da'i if one has no knowledge of what he is calling to? and they cannot properly distinguish between right or wrong in their call. If a person does not know, they must learn first and do da'wah later. The da'i must evaluate himself properly, perhaps just as much, if not more, than he has to do, assess anyone else. He must be fair and just in his assessments of both. Each person has their own strengths and weaknesses, And certainly they should not put put themselves in positions they do not uh, belong or make themselves out to be more than they are. It is not false modesty to not allow oneself to be called a sheikh or a scholar when they truly are not. These terms are too lightly used and can be very misleading. Perhaps one could say misunderstanding the Prophets Perhaps one could say misunderstand the Prophet statement inform the people about me even if it be one verse. Perhaps one could say misunderstanding the, pro- the Prophet inform the people about me even if it be one verse to contradict the last statement above. No. Because the messenger stated inform about me means that necessarily what one informs of must come from the messenger of Allah. And this is what we desire. This does not mean that the caller must be a scholar, but that they must not uh, speak about what is outside of their knowledge. Two, the caller must be patient on on da'wah and opposition is to be expected. The caller must be patient on the da'wah and opposition uh, is to be expected. The caller must be patient upon the da'wah, patient upon what he is calling, to patient upon opposition to his da'wah and patient upon what he may face of harm. Being patient upon the dawah means keep it up, don't quit, be persistent and diligent, and do not get fed up. The caller must address people in the most appropriate or needed areas and in a way, and that is most, and in a way that is most beneficial or useful, and effective. If a person gets impatient or fed up, they will leave it. If the caller is persistent on his dawah, he will get the reward of the, of the patient. On one hand and the end will be for him on the other as Allah said to Noah peace be upon him or Prophet Noah peace be upon him Noah this is one of the news of the unseen which we reveal unto you neither you nor your people knew it before this so be patient surely the end is for the muttaqun, the pious ones chapter Hoot, verse 49 the caller must be patient as there will be likely opposition and arguments against him or his call thus we made for every prophet an enemy from among the uh, mujrimun the criminals but sufficient is your lord as a guide and helper al-furqan chapter al-furqan verse 31 this is a necessary part of calling people to islam his dawah may be called mistaken or wrong, or false, but as long as it is based firmly on the book and the sunnah, he should remain patient. Do not be unduly stubborn. However, it doesn't mean a person should however be stubborn about holding to their words or position, or position they take if the truth is made clear to them, and their error is made clear to them, i.e. even if the caller can make uh, errors. The one who persists on his incorrect da'wah Even though the truth has been made clear to him Is like those whom Allah speaks about disputing with you concerning the truth After it was made manifest As if they were being driven to death While they were looking at it Chapter Al-Anfal, uh, verse 6 In these times where one's words are often recorded and in the age of the internet, what you say or write or what is said or written about you may take on a life of its own that you never intended. Things you may have long forgotten about or even backed away from may still be in circulation and current in the minds of those who listen or read ever more reason for pose and reflection and being careful. It is wrong in fact to argue with the truth after the truth comes clear or becomes clear and it is the blameworthy characteristic and Allah has described those who do so and whoever contradicts and oppose the messenger after the right path has been shown clearly to him, and follows other than the believer's way, we shall keep him in the path he has chosen, and burn him in hell. What an evil destination! Chapter An-Nisa, the woman, verse one hundred fifteen. So if one, so if one's Dawa is contradicted, and objected to. And that objection is indeed true, meaning if one finds that some aspect of the da'wah is incorrect, then they should be prepared and willing to retract or take back their error. Indeed, it is obligatory to do so. If the opposition is false, then do not change your path or determination in your da'wah. Likewise, the caller must be patient with any harm that may come his way, as a result of his da'wah, whether by actions or words. This was the lot of the prophets themselves. Likewise, no messenger came to those before them, but they said, a sorcerer or a madman. Chapter Al-Dhariyat, verse 52. Insults, threats, personal attacks, rumor mongering, mistreatment, or worse, may come about due to the person's efforts to call others to the right way. What do you think of the feelings of one who was recipient of revelation being called insane and a sorcerer to his face? No doubt he was hurt but nevertheless the messengers remained patient upon all the abuse or harm meted out to them in word or deed. Look at Noah, peace be upon him, who was called a fool, a prophet called the fool. And as he was constructing the ship, whenever the chiefs of his people passed by him, they mocked at him. He said, if you mock at us, so do we mock at you likewise for your mocking. And you will know who it is on whom will come a torment that will cover him with disgrace and on whom will fall a lasting punishment. Chapter Hoot, uh, verses 38 and 39. It didn't stop there since they threatened to kill him. They said, if you cease not, O no you will surely be among those stoned to death. Chapter Ashura, verse 116. They proved they meant business after having done just that to his followers previously. It did not deter him, however, and he continued in his da'wah until Allah made him victorious. Look at Prophet Ibrahim, peace be upon him. He was opposed and rejected and known as a troublemaker, so to speak, and wants to be publicly tortured and executed. Footnote, a key point here is that one should not consider themselves independent of the scholars of Islam and knowledge and advice must be taken from them as this is their place, which is inheritors of the prophets. Or of the Prophet, may peace and a blessing be upon him. Okay, to continue, look at Ibrahim, peace be upon him, he was opposed and rejected and known as a troublemaker, so to speak, and was to be publicly tortured and uh, executed. They said, Bring him before the eyes of the people that they may testify. Chapter Al Anbiya, verse 61. Then they threatened to burn him. They said, burn him and help your gods if you would do so. Chapter Al Anbiya, verse 68. They prepared a huge fire and a catapult to throw him in it with. However, of course, he was saved. We said, O oh fire, be you coolness and safety for Ibrahim. Anbiya, chapter, uh, chapter Al Anbiya, verse 69. And at the end, and at the end was for Ibrahim and they wanted to harm him but we made them the worst losers Al-Anbiya Verse 70 Musa, Prophet Musa peace be upon him was also threatened by Pharaoh Pharaoh said Leave me to kill Musa and let him call his lord to stop me from killing him I fear that he may change your religion Or that he may cause mischief to appear in the land. Chapter Ghafir, verse 26. He was threatened with death, but in the end he was victorious. So Allah saved him from the evils that they plotted while an evil torment encompassed Fir'aun's people. chapter uh, sorry, chapter Ghafir, verse 45. Isa, Jesus, peace be upon him Was called the son of a whore And they claimed to have crucified him But Allah stated in chapter Nisa Verses 157 and 158 But they killed him not Nor crucified him But it appeared so to them And those who differ therein Are full of doubts They have no certain knowledge They follow nothing but conjecture for surely they killed him not but Allah raised him up unto him and Allah is ever all powerful all wise our imam the last of the prophets and messenger the last of the prophets and messengers peace be upon them all muhammad sallallahu alaihi was plotted against an attempts on his life made. And remember when the disbelievers plotted against you to imprison you or to kill you or to get you out they were plotting and allah too was plotting and allah is the best of those who plot chapter al-anfal verse 30 called nuts prophet Muhammad called nuts and they say oh you muhammad to whom the dhikr the quran has Being sent down, verily you are a madman. Chapter Al hijr verse six. He was called a sorcerer. And they said Are we going to abandon our are we going to abandon our gods for the sake of a mad poet? Chapter Safat verse thirty six. Nevertheless he was extremely patient with all that and of course. Was ultimately given victory, so every caller can expect his or her share of harm, but they must be patient. Allah states, Allah states, and He followed that. Not uh, sorry. Allah states in Anzelna Alayk Quranan. Uh, and he followed that not by saying thank Allah for the blessing upon you but be patient with the rule or judgment of your Lord and do not follow them in sin or disbelief so every caller can expect his or her share of harm but they must be patient Allah states uh, uh, There is a mistake here Anyway Allah states The heavy responsibility And the heavy burden of this revelation So and he followed that Not by saying Thank Allah for the blessing Upon you But he said be patient with the rule or judgment of your lord and do not follow them in sin or disbelief verily it is we who have sent down the quran to you therefore be patient with consist with constancy verily it is we who have sent down the quran to you therefore be patient with constancy to the command of your lord and obey neither a sinner nor a disbeliever among them chapter al-insan verses 23 and 24 This all indicates that one will face situations and issues that require great patience and they should bear it and continue until they are granted success One may not see success It is not absolutely sure that Allah will allow the caller to see that victory or success in his in this life what is important is that the da'wah lasts among the people the message of the dai is more important than the dai himself if his message continues after him then this is a form of life for the caller after he has left this worldly life is he who was dead without faith by ignorance and disbelief. And we gave him life by knowledge and faith and set for him a light of belief whereby he can walk amongst men like him who is in the darkness of disbelief, shirk and hypocrisy from which he can never come out. This it is made fair seeming. This it is made fair seeming to the disbelievers that which they used to do al-an'am chapter Al-An'am, al-an'am verse 122 so in truth the life of the da'i is not that he remains physically among the people only but that his words are alive among the people look at the story of abu sufyan with hercules who had heard of the coming out of the prophet sallallahu Alaihi wasallam he asked about his characteristics and when he was told he said if it is as you say, he will come to possess what is under these two feet of mine. How could such a powerful emperor say such a thing about Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam at a time when he was weak and had not conquered the Arabian Peninsula? Who would imagine him saying such a thing or taking it seriously? But even Abu Sufyan knew Muhammad was something special and indeed he would be great. Indeed the Prophet did not see that in his time but due to his great message and his successors following it it did in fact occur. So the caller must be true to Allah and sincere and the end will be for him. Verily the earth is Allah's He gives it as a heritage to whom he will of his slaves and the blessed end is for the pious. Chapter Al-Araf, verse 128. Verily, he who fears Allah with obedience to him and is patient, then surely Allah makes not the reward of the Muhsinun to be lost. Good doers, Yusuf, chapter Yusuf, verse ninety. Three, wisdom is a must. Wisdom indeed must be employed by the caller as well as the best mode of argumentation, especially in a case when one is not facing an oppressive opponent. As far as the oppressive or nasty opponent, other means can be employed. Invite to the way of your Lord with wisdom and fair preaching and argue with them in a way that is better. Truly your Lord knows best who has gone astray from his path and he is the best aware of those who are guided. Chapter Al-Nahl, verse 125, and argue not with the people of the scripture unless it be in a way that is better with God words and in good manner, inviting them to Tawheed, monotheism, and ayat verses, except with such of them as do wrong, and say to them, we believe, we believe in that which has been revealed to us, and revealed to you. Our Allah, God, and your Allah, God, and your God is one, and to Him we have submitted. Chapter Al Ankabut, verse forty-six. Wisdom is a proper assessment of matters, putting them in their right place and proper perspective. Hastiness is not wisdom. You cannot expect people to change their condition overnight. Not non-Muslims or even Muslims. They won't go from their current state to that of the uh, Sahaba just like that. Who expects that is indeed foolish. Who expects that is indeed foolish and far from wisdom. You'll understand this by knowing that Muhammad upon whom the revelation was sent that the Quran was revealed gradually until it was firmly settled in the souls and completed. Salat was not made obligatory until three years before the Hijrah, and some say a year and a half, and some say five. It was just two rak'ats at first for all the prayers except Maghrib. Only after 13 years in Makkah did the number change to the form we pray today. Zakat did not become obligatory until the second year after the Hijra, or it was made obligatory in Makkah, but the limits and duties were not set, nor were collectors sent out until the ninth year. It started in Makkah without all details. In two Hijra, the minimums were set. In nine Hijra, collectors were sent out. Consider and reflect the care taken for the condition of the people in legislation by Allah, the most wise of judges. Likewise, fasting was made farth obligatory by people. Sorry, likewise, fasting was made obligatory farth, but people had a choice to fast or feed. Then it was specified to feed only if one could not fast. Wisdom dictates that things will not change just like that. So one must remain patient and expect a long haul like a distance runner and to make sacrifices. Maybe a person accepts a little today about what you bring of the truth and little by little you continue until he is free from whatever wrong he was on. Footnote, this is another reason not to always completely remonstrate the person who is indeed wrong or mistaken or it could aid the shaitan against him uh, and cause them to be defensive and even turn towards others who, and even to, uh, turn towards other who are uh, who are, uh, sorry, and turn, who share his error. Also, the person you may degrade too much may be a person you need to approach and make amends with, and make amends with in the future but due to your actions or words you may not be able to everyone cannot be treated in the same manner there is a difference between someone who is unaware or ignorant and the one who is obstinate here may be appropriate to mention the following examples one the Bedouin who urinated in the masjid uh, Of the Prophet Sallallahu The Prophet ﷺ handled it With a great wisdom offering words of Instruction and teaching without Overreacting Or overreacting or In a repelling fashion After the man had finished The Prophet ﷺ Ordered that water be poured over the place He urinated to clean it He then called the Bedouin And said to him the masjid or the mosques are not fitting that any type of harmful substance or filth be in them. Indeed, they are for Salat and reading the Quran, Al-Bukhari. So by this, the Bedouin could accept and understand because of this good treatment. Some scholars point to the statement of this Bedouin, Oh Allah, have mercy upon me and Muhammad and no one else. Due to the harshness of the companions uh, towards him, and the good treatment of muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam towards him the companions indeed rushed to remove an evil without considering the condition of the ignorant man two the companion who sneezed in the salat and said alhamdulillah out loud in the prayer another muawiya ibn al-hakam replied yirhamukullah this talk which breaks the prayer and the, people stared at him so he said even more in relation to that again the prophet showed wisdom and taught the man with the best words after he had completed the salat who did not put him uh, uh, who did not put him uh, down but educated him as to what constituted proper words in the prayer after the uh, the salat the prophet called muawiyah and muawiyah عنه, may Allah be pleased with him. Say, stated by Allah, I never, I had never seen a better teacher than him, i.e., the Prophet. For he said, indeed, it is not correct that anything of the words of the people be, be in this salat. It is glorification of Allah, tisbih, mention His greatness, takbir, and recitation of the Quran, Muslim. He made da'wah in a manner that the heart would accept and that soothed the breast, that is in way that could be accepted by the one being called. There is a fiqh benefit we take from this Hadith, namely that whoever speaks in the Salat and does not know that to do so invalidates the Salah, the Salah is nevertheless valid. Three the man who said he was destroyed because he had sexual relations with his wife in Ramadan. The Prophet ﷺ again told the man what to do to make up for it. And actually learned of his condition and applied what was easiest for the man to do according to his circumstances. For there was a man who wore a gold ring which is a sin. In this case, the Prophet took the ring from him and threw it down and said, would any of you intentionally take a hot coal and put it in his hand? He treated him in a different manner than he had in the first examples. He, however, later told the man to take his ring and benefit from it, i.e. its sale or to sell it and the man said by allah i would never touch a ring thrown down by the prophet all this illustrates the importance of the caller to use wisdom the ignorant is not like the learned and the obstinate stubborn one is not like one who is submissive if taught properly everything has its place and time for the caller must exhibit the best character and morals Allah stated of the Prophet ﷺ, "Indeed, you are upon a great standard or level of character or moral morality." The Prophet said, "I was not sent except to complete the highest or most noble of characters. I was not sent except to complete the highest of most noble of morals. That I should bear the signs of the knowledge he possesses. This should show in his beliefs." and worship his, uh, it should show in his beliefs and worship his carriage and his uh, dealings. Uh, It should show in his beliefs and worship and his dealings. If he shows the opposite of what he calls to, he will fail and even if successful it will be but a little. The caller's whole character should reflect his da'wah so that it is accepted and so that he will not be the first to be punished in hellfire for his hypocrisy. If we look at our true condition, we will see that we are calling to one thing, but that we do not uphold that, and this is a great shortcoming. We need to have insight also as to what is most beneficial or proper, or what needs to be addressed. Prioritize, prioritize. Something may indeed be good or beneficial, but something else may be more important to deal with first. For example, to emphasize not uh, listening to music, for example, to emphasize not listening to music or smoking with a disbeliever, or a Muslim who does not pray may not be what he needs, what he needs uh, most at the time. The Prophet would call to certain characteristics or matters, but he would sometimes busy himself with that which was more important. He would sometimes fast until it could be said that he did not eat, and sometimes he would eat until it could be said that he did not fast. 5. The Da'i should break down or remove any barriers between him and the people. A lot of brothers may see an evil among some people and avoid them instead of advising them. This is a mistake and not from wisdom at all. Indeed, wisdom is to go to them and call them to the right thing to try to make it desirous to them or encourage them towards the right thing and not say they are corrupted and I can't be among them. If you, the da'i, will not go amongst the people and call them to Allah, then who will, those who do not know. No, indeed, the da'i has to exhibit patience, not cut off da'wah from those who need it. The Prophet ﷺ would go to the mushrikeen in Mina, and call them to Allah at their gatherings. And is he not our and is he not our example? He would say, Would no one take me? Would no one take me so that I could spread the word of my Lord For indeed the Quraysh have forbidden me from spreading the words of my Lord Ahmed This was the case of our Prophet, our Imam and example Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam So surely it is incumbent upon us to be like him in calling to Allah Glorified be he Sixth The heart of the Da'i should be open to those who oppose him, especially he knows if their intention is good. Usually others do not oppose the Da'i, especially Muslims, except that they believe they have some evidence justifying that people should be flexible in these matters. Certainly differences between Muslims like this should not be raised to the point of enmity and hatred, with perhaps the exception of one who persists, and is stubborn and causing harm after the matter has been made clear to him. In this case he should be appropriately treated and matters should be made clear to the people due to his showing open enmity and contempt for the truth. Important related issue If an issue is not a fundamental matter or a principle of the deen, namely a matter which does not necessitate uh, takfir, taking one outside the of Islam there is room to differ and many mistakes are made in this remember the statement about the reward of the Hakim the Prophet uh, stated if a judge rules and does his best to arrive at a ruling and he is correct Allah gives him two rewards and if he is mistaken he gets one Al-Bukhari resolving differences with other Muslims the one who takes a position different than yours is just like you in that you both desire that others do not differ with you on a given issue you may or oh sorry you want people to listen to you and they want people to listen to them and take their word what must be referred to is what Allah makes clear in his statement and if so and sorry and in whatever you differ the decision thereof is with Allah such is allah my lord in whom i put my trust and to whom i turn in repentance chapter ashura verse 10 All you who believe obey allah and obey the messenger and those of you who are in authority and if you differ in anything among yourselves refer it to allah and his messenger if you believe in allah and in the last day that is better and more suitable for final determination. Chapter an nisa verse 59. It is obligatory the differences between Muslims is resolved by returning to the Kitab, the Quran, and to the authentic Sunnah, and it is not permissible for anyone to oppose the word of Allah and his messenger with the words of anyone, no matter who they may be. If the truth is made clear to you, then you are obliged to throw aside whatever statements are against it, uh, whatever are against it to the wall and not look to them no matter the status or stature of who states them in knowledge of deen because human beings make mistakes while the word of Allah and his messenger are faultless. It is source of great sadness to hear of people who are considered serious seekers of the truth and who attain it. But nevertheless, we find them divided with each one having a label for the other. And this is indeed a a big or a grave error. Islam is one and the Ummah is one. And verily, this your religion is one religion and I am your Lord, so fear me verily those who divide their religion and break up into sects all kinds of religious sects you have no concern in them in the least their affair is only with Allah who then will tell them what they used to do chapter Al-An'am, verse 159 he Allah has ordained for you the same religion which he ordained for Nuh and that which we have revealed to you, O Muhammad, and that which we ordained for Ibrahim, Musa, and Isa, saying you should establish religion and make not divisions in it. Intolerable for the mushriks is that to which you call them. Allah chooses for himself who will, and Allah chooses for himself who he will, and guides unto himself who turns to him in repentance and in obedience. Ashura verse 13. If this is the direction of Allah the almighty and majestic to us then we are obliged to follow it. We should come together to seek the truth in an easy way debate or discuss issues and differences in the best way with everyone wishing To reach the truth of the matter, not to merely gain victory or revenge or to have our opinion be looked up to and any who are against it, looked down upon and despised or for other than to come together and make amends or reconciliation. Again, if this is the direction of Allah, the almighty and majestic to us, then we are obliged to follow it. We should come together to seek the the truth in an easy way, debate or discuss issues and differences in the best way with everyone, wishing to reach the truth of the matter, not to merely gain victory or revenge, or to have our opinion be looked up to, and any who are against it looked down upon and despised, or for other than to come together and make amends or reconciliations it is thorough or sorry it is through this manner it is through this manner that we can become a united single ummah. i don't say people will not err everyone makes mistakes but it is not the way to resolve issues by backbiting and being offensive in it the way is for me to meet with a person to debate the issue and if it is clear thereafter then the man is insistent and stubborn about what he is upon of falsehood then I have an excuse to warn the people about his errors. This is this is how affairs are corrected. But to divide and become parties then this does not nothing. But to divide and become parties then this does nothing to satisfy or please anyone other than the enemies of Islam and the Muslims. Allah knows best and may he make the hearts of the Muslims united upon obedience to him and to judge matters according to his rule and that of his messenger sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and to make our intentions pure and sincere and make clear to us what is not of his sharia law indeed he is the most generous and giving. Ameen. Muhammad. All praise is due to Allah, the Lord of all the worlds, and may His salat and salam be upon our Prophet Muhammad and be upon his followers and companions all together. Ameen. Alhamdulillah. Praise be to Allah. Footnote If one goes too far, If one goes too far in their recriminations, they may cause irreparable harm not only to the person whose name or reputation they have attacked, but indeed to his own reputation and image and that of Islam. It could be that person has repented or corrected themselves and is respected by many. Whereas, if others continue to mention that which has long passed due to, uh, to uh, continually reviving the issue, it will make them seem pity and mean-spirited. Bad words tend to linger and are less easily forgotten than good ones. And certainly no one would like to be spoken often uh, and certainly sorry, it will make them seem pity and mean-spirited. Bad words tend to linger and are less easily forgotten than good ones. And certainly no one would like to be spoken badly or labeled for something they may or may not have heard in long ago. This type of thing often leads to recriminations and tick for tack Fighting and tick for tack fighting, which is very wrong among Muslims. An important issue here, too, is that one should be sure that the matter was, in fact, made clear to the other Muslims, especially. Some may think they have made something clear, but due to their bad manner and not properly implementing other matters, as mentioned earlier, they may have actually made things worse. Alhamdulillah, praise be to Allah.